Till I'm tiptoed you. Dot com. The podcast about pop culture, black history, and spirituality. Yeah. It's about to be a great vibe. Dr. Tip. Gonna take it away. Till I'm tiptoed you. Hey y'all, hey, it's your girl Tip. Happy 2020. Uh, thank you for tuning in for another edition of Tell Em Tip Told You, our first edition of 2020. I'm so excited to talk to you. I want to talk a little bit about black comedy and what we use it for. I want to talk about R. Kelly and this new Lifetime special called The Reckoning. I want to talk a little bit about what it means to enter this new decade with excitement. And I also want to talk about what it means to leave a legacy. So let's just jump right in. Unless you've been hiding under a rock, you know that 45 has damn near started World War III. Now, let me say something about, I'm only using that word because I've seen people use it on social media, World War III. I have always said that we have to be careful with language. I don't agree that we've ever had a world war, right? It tends to be Western imperialists going to battle with each other, sometimes with Eastern imperialists, but imperialists going to battle with each other. The whole world is not involved. So I just wanted to say that part. I also want to say that I don't want anything that I am talking about in today's episode to be con- uh, perceived as me trivializing war. I think war is a horrific event. I don't think anyone wins in a war. Um, I, I know that war is an issue of class. It is often the people at the bottom of social and economic totem poles. That was a, I shouldn't say that word at the bottom of social and, and economic hierarchies that lose more when war happens while the people at the top tend to gain economic might as a result of war. It is, is an issue of class and I hate it. I hate it. That being said, I want to say something to y'all who get mad about the black jokes about war. You're really going too far. Black people have historically used humor when they are frightened, when they are afraid, and when they're frustrated. Stop being down on people for making jokes because you don't know why they're making the joke, right? And the jokes that you all are having a problem with, they're not even really jokes. So much as saying, hey, don't put me in that shit, right? It has been very clear in in many combat situations that black soldiers are often fighting for a country that would never fight for them. This is what, what Muhammad Ali went to jail for because he did not want to fight in Vietnam because he understood he was fighting other marginalized people for a country that was continually marginalizing him. And so a lot of us, when we are making those memes about, I don't know him, you know, that kind of thing. It's not so much trying to trivialize war so much as it is saying, I don't have anything to do with that. Please don't come for me. Right. I think we have to stop being some of y'all are anti-black joy. Right. You think you're so educated. You think you're so sophisticated that black people aren't supposed to have fun. You get mad when we twerk. You get mad when we 
um, play ball. You get mad at how we dress. You get mad at our music. You get mad at everything. And our joy is something you just can't stand. And a lot of times black humor is a political um, mechanism by which we can release pressure. Right. Black folk are under constant pressure all the time. And sometimes we oftentimes we release it through humor. And so all of you saying that black jokes about the war have to stop. While I understand that part of your message may be about taking more seriously U.S. foreign relationships, that I can agree with. But you attacking black humor before you attack the the foreign policies is a problem. And to me, it reveals something about you. All right, I'm going to get off of that. I just want us to think more deeply and more critically about why we jump on certain bandwagons. And right now there seems to be jump on the bandwagon that's anti-black humor. And I, I'm not cool with that. I'm not cool with that. Let's move on. So, y'all, those of you, those of us who watched Surviving R. Kelly and were affected very much by that documentary series. I was affected very much by the documentary series. Um, it is the new, the part two is out and it's called R. Kelly um, surviving R. Kelly, The Reckoning. And this time, the emphasis is on the voices of the survivors. And I really think if you are up to it, because, you know, I believe self-care should be a priority. If you are up to it, I think every black woman should watch this with black girls. Here's what I mean. There is something in that, in those stories that black women in particular need to be hearing. There is one scene where one of the victims says R. Kelly could spot a wounded woman from a mile away. And so many of us are working, walking through life wounded that we are vulnerable to predators like R. Kelly. And we must be more vigilant in the protection of one another and of ourselves. And I, 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 this is why I want us to watch it with young girls because there, there's a conversation there that needs to be had about what you are worth. There is one story in the documentary about his hair braider who was 24 years old. She had been married. She had three kids. She wasn't feeling him like that. And in fact, the first sexual act they had, she called the police on it, right? But there is something in her story about how she stayed in a situation where she had some inclinations of what he was doing to other women. And she stayed because she said that she felt like he was her big brother, that they had deep conversations about. That means that he appealed to her hunger for a certain kind of relationship. There are predators out here that can sense your desire to fill gaps in your own self-love with men. And they take advantage of that. Even people who aren't celebrities. I can tell you about my ex. My ex was able to... It's interesting. You know, I jump when I talk. Let me finish that sentence and I'm going to go to what's interesting. He was able to sniff out in me a desire to have what my parents have. My parents just celebrated 49 years of marriage, right? Um, 
they've been married as long as I've been alive. Plus, um, my grandparents were both married until, you know, just people died. Um, my aunts and my uncles on my mother's side, long marriages, 40, 40 plus years. And so there has always been a desire in me to have that. All right. When I met my now ex, I was pushing 40. He sensed that hunger in me and he appealed to it all the time. And that's how he was able to make me. I don't want to say make me. He was able to manipulate me in such a way that I stayed in a relationship I should not have stayed in because he met the gap he recognized in my self-love. He could not have manipulated me except that that gap, I allowed that the gap to exist, right? Even now, so he contacted me about a month. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw me post the, the text. He proposed to me via phone last week. Literally, he called out of the blue and was like, will you marry me, yes or no? Foolishness, y'all, straight foolishness. And when I said no, um, he started texting I wasn't responding, but he was texting back to back to back to back. And one of the texts, it was quintessential Curtis. Well, if you know him, now you know who it was. <laughs> it was quintessential him, right? And it said something about, you don't need me, but if you keep on, you're going to be 50 or 60 years old without a husband. Right? And so it became clear to me now that I have filled in that hole Right. I filled in the hole that existed in my own self-worth and self-love. His attempt to manipulate me with that gap doesn't work anymore. Now I recognize it for what it is. You're trying to manipulate me via fear. Right. But it's because I've done self-work and I have recognized that that's one of the, the levers. And he's not the only man who has played that lever with me. I've, I, I can think of several occasions where men have pulled the whole uh, if I don't love you, nobody else will. You'll be by yourself type, knowing that my hunger is for a committed, long-term monogamous partner, right? I think watching that documentary can allow those kinds of conversations to occur within sister circles. And we need to have more conversations about the, the things that we want and how we can fill in those gaps so we are not recognized as the wounded woman easily manipulated, right? Self-love requires constant effort. And I don't think we do a good job telling young girls that. Like, we, we often act like confidence is something we have. It, it is not something we have. It is something that we have to develop and it's something that we have to protect it's something we have to nurture within ourselves, and it's hard-ass work, particularly if you're a black woman in the United States. Self-love is hard work, and I don't think we do a good enough job of letting other women know that it's okay to admit that, that most of us struggle with it, right? And you definitely can't be tuned into social media because it looks like every sister you see is well put together. She don't have no problems getting up for the gym. She don't have no problems running this six-figure business. She don't have no problems with a man because she's always posted up on the beach with a wine. You know what I'm saying? We got to be more honest with ourselves and with each other about the hard work it requires 
to be happy, healthy, and whole and in love with oneself. The shit is not easy. All right. And so when we enter into 2020, how's that for a segue? As we enter into 2020, I want us, the Tell Them Tip Told You community, to be more transparent in the work we are doing to ensure our happiness, our health, our wellness, and our well-being. All right? I want us to be transparent in it. I don't want us to fake in front like we aren't working hard to be okay. I also want us to be okay with black joy. <laughs> okay, we got to be okay with black joy. It is okay to have fun. It's okay to be ratchet when you want to be ratchet. It's okay to have an orgasm when you want an orgasm. It's okay to read a book when the hell you want to read a book. It's okay to do these things as long as they are always done in your pursuit of your own joy, happiness, and well-being. All right, so I want us to enter 2020 hopeful but also ready to do the hard work that it requires to love ourselves. What does that look like? That looks like doing stuff you sometimes don't want to do. Like I, I got to schedule my mammogram. I've been putting it off because I hate it and because I've had a lump removed before. I'm slightly afraid. Um, but I got to face that because part of me loving myself is the hard work of facing my fear about this mammogram. Right. I want to be transparent in case there are other people out there like me who are in their 40s, who have big breasts, who should be doing this more often, but have been running from a fear because we have cancer in our families or we've been having some pain or we felt a lump and we're afraid to address it. Let's deal with all that fear because self-love sometimes hurts. And so I'm going to have to go on and make the appointment. I'm going to have to let them go on and squeeze the girls and in all kind of misshapen shapes and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to have to go on and go through the anxiety of waiting for the results. And then I'm going to have to go through the anxiety of, of doing whatever I have to do to make sure I'm okay after the results come in. Self-care, self-love is going to require that work. That's part of what I have to do. And I'm going to be very transparent with you all through the process in case there is somebody who's avoiding it. I want you to know that if I can do it, you can do it too. The other thing I want us to be focusing on in this decade is building stronger relationships. If you tuned into uh, my Instagram live series on using the several prin- seven principles of Kwanzaa to develop your 2020 strategic plan, then you heard me talk about the power of authentic relationships. I want us to enter 2020 more deliberate and thoughtful about our relationships. I texted one of my girlfriends today. Well, she texted me today and I had to respond to her. I have not followed through on our friendship. Like, I think of her. I love her. I miss her. But I don't reach out as often as I should. And part of it's because I don't want to I don't want to feel like I'm bothering somebody. I don't want anybody to feel like I'm using them. Um I just feel like, I, you know, I got 50 million other things I got to do in a day. But I, I have come to the point where I now know that I enjoy my time with her. I enjoy my time speaking with her. And so part of self-love is giving Tiffany that relationship, being fully present in that relationship with her, being her sister. Right. That kind of I want us to to be more thoughtful in our relationships with one another. And notice I'm using a friendship. I'm not even talking about romantic relationships. I want us to focus on the relationships that will sustain us, no matter what kind of relationship they are, right? It might be a business partnership, but if that's sustaining you, 
in some way. I want you to fully invest in it. What does it look like to give someone 100% your best, right? What does it look like to give a relationship 100% your best? I think that's where our head needs to be right now. Um, I also want us to enter into 2020 dreaming as big as possible. I think too often we put limitations on our vision for ourselves, right? When you ask little children about what they want to do, what they want to be, they have no limit. I'm going to be a superhero. I'm going to fly in the air. I'm going to be president. You know, they have no limit on what they tell you what they want to be. And then if you ask them 20 years from now what they want to be, the answer is significantly shorter and it's much more quote unquote realistic because the world has beaten their vision out of them. Right. I think our true power is returning to the to the big dream. Return to the big dream. Let write the big dream down and then figure out what are the little dreams that can get you there. Stop. Stop settling. Stop settling. We don't only settle in our romantic relationships. Black women have a tendency to settle in work. We settle in sex. We settle in our budget. We don't push ourselves because we settle for, you know, little things like I realized the other day that my goal for January was no sodas. That's a little ass dream, right? It's, I made it realistic. It's a realistic goal. But the reality is the Tiffany I want to be doesn't only not drink sodas. She only drinks water and herbal tea, occasionally a coffee. You know what I mean? So even practically our dreams, we regulate them too much. And so I want 2020 to be the year that we dream big. I also want it to be the year that we take our dreams and we create strategic plans to make them manifest. Right. So if you have a vision board, I'm going to be releasing a product. Some of you have already gotten it for free, but I'm monetizing in 2020. So I have an ebook called After the Vision. If you have a vision board of any kind, some of us have digital vision boards uh, on Pinterest. Um, I'll probably be doing a live in a few weeks to show you how to do that. For those of you who don't have a digital vision board, I think it's something we should have. But I'm, I want to take you through the process of using that vision board to supplement your strategic plan. It's not enough just to have the pictures and the images on the poster. It's not enough. Even people who do these workshops, they need to be teaching you what the next step is. It's more than just knowing the feng shui layout of what goes in this corner, what goes in that corner, what should be in the center, where family goes, where welcome. It's more than that. It's more than knowing what words to put on it. It's more than speaking affirmations and living in gratitude. It's more than that. It is the disciplined development of a strategic plan. And that strategic plan should be culturally informed. I'm getting ahead of myself. So in 2020, I want us to not only dream big, I want us to create strategic plans to make those dreams manifest. And finally, in 2020, I want us to concentrate on leaving a legacy. I don't know if it's because I'm quote unquote middle age now, but I've been thinking a lot about my own mortality. And I haven't, I, I recorded a video one time called Don't Make People Lie on You at Your Funeral. And, and that's what has been on my mind a lot lately. If I died tomorrow, 
What would my eulogy be like? What would people stand up and say about me? And that's what I'm working towards now. You know how some people, I don't have children. I don't have a husband. And so I can't say my why is my, you know, my baby. He's six months old and he did it. That's not my why. My why is when Tiffany dies, these are the things that she accomplished. This is the way she gave back to the world. This is how she made sure the world was a better place when she left it than when she entered it. And this is how she became a link in a chain of family excellence. Right? I understand that my ancestors were excellent. I have faith that my, not necessarily my biological children, but my children's children will be excellent. In order for that to happen, I got to be a link of excellence. That's part of what's driving me in 2020. I want to remember my, my legacy. So uh, I posted on Instagram the other day, if you are struggling with your 2020 goals, I want you to think about legacy. Like, let that drive you. How do you want to be remembered? How do you want to leave this place? And I want my name to be spoken positively, not only in this generation, but the next. I've been thinking a lot because King Holiday is coming up, right? How someone can attempt to rewrite history. With King in particular, if you listen only to the public school system, if you listen only to pop culture media, it seems like he was a warm and fuzzy, great orator, powerful orator, nonviolent proponent of civil rights. You get that. But what you don't get is the radical king who, despite death threats, who, despite being stabbed in the chest, who, despite um, bombings in, and dogs and police brutality and incarceration, continued to fight on behalf of people. We lose that king for the warm and fuzzy teddy bear that revisionist historians would give us. Right. We lose that king if we're only being taught by people who benefit from that benign image of king. But see, here's what King did. He spoke. He wrote. He corresponded with people. He had relationships with people. And he was visibly, purposely and strategically documenting his ideological stance in such a way that even though people are trying to rewrite his history, his own words stand. He has left a legacy of radical protest, right? That's what I mean by leave a legacy. He left so much of himself that there is no denying who King was, except that you ain't sought out King's own words about himself. And I think more of us have to be more disciplined and thoughtful about the record we're leaving other people about our own existence. I'm working on a book now called Roots in Writing about the way we encode our vision for ourselves in writing. And I want us to be intentional about that. I really want you to be journaling. I want old school written text too. I want us to think more clearly about those things. So, I, I, you know, I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it there because these are things I want to leave you thinking about. I want you to think about black joy. I want you to think about black excellence. And I want you to think about what it means to leave a legacy. 
If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for your girl, make sure you send them to Dr. Tip, that's D-R-T-I-P, at tellemtiptoldyou.com. You can visit me on my website of the same name, www.tellemtiptoldyou.com, to apply to be a guest of the podcast and to look for my coaching services and other products. I thank you so much. I wish you a beautiful, beautiful day. Tell them Tip Told You.